Hi there, welcome to Shiloh Tabernacle London. We're located in South East London in Woolwich Dockyard, Block 1, Unit 9, Dockyard Industrial Estate, Woolwich Church Street, SC18 5PQ. Join us for our Bible study every Friday from 7.30 to 9pm and you can't miss our Sunday services packed with prayer, vibrant worship and a powerful word. First service is 9am to 10.30 followed by our family service from 10.30 to 12.30. And now for the best part, let's get into the word. Father in the name of Jesus Christ, the son of the living God as we assemble at your table. We pray that Heavenly Father, your goodness and mercy shall reign upon us. Hallelujah. Let your anointing come. Let your anointing flow in the name above every other name. I'm getting out of your way that you may have your way. In the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Bless the name of the Lord. I want to make welcome every one of us that is joining us this morning for the very first time. Hallelujah. I see guests around here. I know that been, you have been invited by somebody, and uh, may the Lord richly bless you for being here. I see Mama there in the corner with, are those your daughters? Yeah. Let's make, Mama, I forget your name again. I'm very, very bad with names. Mrs. Harriet Kalumba. Let's make her welcome. Come on, guys. <laughs> Hallelujah. And your beautiful daughters, may God bless you. I see my brother there. One time you came here and gave us a serious, serious uh, teaching here. <laughs> I hope I, I hope I'm not I'm, I'm not seeing uh, wrong. Am, am I am I correct on that one? Yes, sir. Yeah, <laughs> you are welcome. Is that your your family there? Oh my God! Let us have your name again, sir. Samuel, Samuel. Let us let's, let's make him welcome. Make him welcome. Now you guys are very mean with your hands. You know, come on, come on. Yeah. Next to you is my daughter. I knew I knew that girl when. I knew you when. When did I know you, young lady? Not even Kansanga from Kabari. Yeah, from Kabari. Many many years ago. That's about two thousand and uh, and seven or something like that. Yeah, two thousand seven. No no nineteen ninety something. Nineteen ninety seven. Yeah, uh, I think Mercy was, was about one year old by then. So you can see how old. <laughs> I know you, you know. You're welcome. We've got my brother just behind you. Divine's dad. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> you're welcome, you're welcome. We love you so much. Thank you so much. He came very early. He came very, he almost beat me here. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. We have got two wonderful young men there. What's your name? Your Peter and Reagan. Yes. Then on this side, we have another awesome young man, powerful young man, Peter. He's Cephas. <laughs> His name is Cephas, what I call you, Peter. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let's make him welcome. Hallelujah. Cephas, you are welcome. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And those of you online, you ever, just congratulate yourself for being here. You have got a sister here. You thought I'd forgotten about you. <laughs> you are welcome. What's your name? Good name. Goretti. 
Let's make great welcome. Hallelujah. Welcome. Amen and amen. Isn't that awesome? Today, God has sent us many angels. So look out and entertain them. Amen. Entertain them. After the service is done, don't just walk away. Get close to them and entertain them. Get to know them. Get their numbers. Get to know, you know, get personal with them. And the Lord will bless you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Today, I want to start on a, on a subject I've called Keys to Successful Christian Living. These will be series that I will be talking about here. Today, I may not finish what I prepared because we may not have enough time. But whenever I stand here, I may not guarantee that I will be here every Sunday. But whenever I stand here, I will be talking about uh, keys to a successful Christian living. And there are about four of them which I want to touch. But today, I want to touch about uh, desires, mastery of your desires. To be a successful Christian, you need to master your desires. To be a master of your desires. Hallelujah. Desire. Somebody say desire. I'm not talking about this one. This is my son, by the way, called desire. Not, not that one. Desire. Our desires have got to be right. They have got to be godly. Hallelujah. Now, the word desire encompasses a range of human wants. Are we able to have those screens? Hallelujah. It encompasses a range of human wants. Every one of us here has a desire. The only person that has, doesn't have a desire is a dead one. As long as you are alive, you have desires. You have human wants. You have emotions. You have cravings. But these cravings, for you to become a successful Christian, they need to be in line with God. Somebody say amen. Natural desires speak about things like hunger. Right now, Somebody is now feeling hungry. Saying, when is he finishing? I need to go and eat some food. Somebody left something, you know, simmering in the oven. And you, now your mind has gone all over to your oven to, to, right now. Talking about sexual longings. Talking about, um, you know, cravings, lust. But what I'm talking about is the desire for God. The desire for God. The desire for God. Hallelujah. In scripture... Desire is often spoken about as being ascribed to God, but more so being ascribed to human beings. And when it comes to human beings, our desires are under scrutiny. Your desire, my desire, is under scrutiny. There are some words that speak about desire in the Old Testament. One of the Hebrew words is, is kasap. Kasap means to yearn for or to long after. To long after. We sang a song here saying, consume me. Consume me. I want to be consumed by God. That is a desire. That is a desire. And every one of us as a Christian needs to have that longing. I have a longing for God. I have a yearning for God. Hallelujah. Another word is bacchus. It speaks of a person's honest seeking for something else. Another word for desire is to seek. To seek. So whatever you are seeking as a Christian has got to be different from that of a person that doesn't know God. Do you understand? We have to be different. We have got to be clear. I mean, we all need, there are the basic needs that we all need. We need good houses. We need good cars. But yours has got to be, you know, to another level. Your desire, what you are seeking has got to be another level. Jesus Christ talks about, you know, seeking and worrying in Matthew chapter 6. He says, do not worry. What you shall eat or drink. 
because your heavenly father will take care of you. He says, he takes care of the birds. And, and he says, but you are of more value than those birds. And then he goes ahead and says, you know, all these other things, even the heathen are striving for. Even those who do not know God, they are striving for. They desire them. But he takes his fire and says, for you have got to be different. Your desires have got to be different. Hallelujah. To seek, to require. What do you require? What are you desiring? What are you seeking lately? What have you been seeking lately? Another word is hamad, which means to delight in. Delight in. What are you delighting in? As a Christian, your delight has got to be different. A successful Christian does not delight in most things that other people delight in. They are different. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. You see, desire can be positive, but it can also be negative. It can be negative. Just like in Exodus chapter 20, verse 17. God speaks as he's giving uh, the, 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 the Ten Commandments. He says, you shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male servant or his female servant or his ox or his donkey or anything that is your neighbor's. That is a negative desire. Proverbs 6.25 says, do not, he's talking about, in Proverbs 26, he's talking about an evil woman, a prostitute. He's talking about a seductress. Hallelujah. A seductress. You know, a seductress, when a seductress enters into your space, <laughs> you better be on guard. Especially guys, you better be on guard. Even, even ladies, you better be. Because there are some seductresses who enter and they come in the, in the, in the picture of, uh, of innocence. As ministers, we encounter that very, very, very much. That is why if you come into my presence and you are a lady, I will not allow you to, to sit with me in one room together. There has to be another person around. Not, not because you are a seductress, but because I want to protect us. Protect us. <laughs> Hallelujah. I don't want a Joseph situation where somebody is saying, you know, you know, I, So wherever you are, do not, do not just trust anybody. Be on your guard. This I'm giving you for free. Wherever you are, be, do not just trust. And just because this person has known you for a long time, you laugh together, you eat together, do not just trust them. Single girls, do not just enter, enter into a single guy's home because we, we worship together. And, he has, and you are only two in that house. Be careful. It happened in the Bible between Tamar and Amnon. These were sisters, sister and brother. He pretended to fall sick and, and said, I, I only want Tamar's hand to feed me. And when she reaches into the house, what does he do? He forces himself onto her. If Amnon, you want Tamar, Make it known. Come to come, come to Pastor David. Come to me and, and, and tell me I, I, I'm in love with that girl. Let us walk things in the light, but not, not, not seducing one another in, into sin. Come on. So in Proverbs 6 25, he's saying, When you look at such a woman, do not desire her beauty in your heart. And do not let her capture you with her, with her eye, eyelashes. This is, in the, this is in your Bible. Your desire. 
Hallelujah. That word hamad also describes uh, desirables. Desirable. There are things that are desirable, which are good. Desire is not, is not bad in and of itself. But what you are desiring is what matters. In, in, the, in, uh, in, in Eden, in Genesis chapter 2 verse 9, God created desirable trees. The Bible says that out of the ground, the Lord God made to spring up every, every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for what? For food. So when you look at it, you desire it. The tree of life was in the midst of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. What made the difference is, he said, you can desire this, all these other trees, but this one, do not get near it. And guess what? If you want a child not to touch something, tell him not to touch it. You will see what happens. They will go ahead and do what? And touch it anyway. That's how we are wired. Don't touch this. For them, they translate touch it. Why does he say I shouldn't touch it? Why? What is he hiding from me? That desire. The desire to know, the desire to, and the Bible says that in Genesis chapter 3 verse 6. So when the woman saw that that tree which was forbidden was a delight to the eyes, a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took off its fruit and ate, and she also gave some to her husband who was there. So be careful what you are looking, what you are seeing. In most cases, we, we tend to, to, you know, somebody said that he, find, he found the devil in a corner crying, saying, you know, why somebody asked, why are you crying? He said, everything these people do, they blame it on me. Did you, know that, did, did you know that the devil is not omnipresent? Did you know that? The only omnipresent one is God. The devil is not in every place. No. For him to go in every, every place, he has, got, he has got to literally go there, walk there. But God just sits in heaven and is everywhere. So in most cases, most of the things that we fall into, it's not the devil, it's us. What, do you see, what have you been seeing lately? That desire, somebody, <laughs> somebody walks out of their home without a plan to buy some stuff, but as you walk around the shops, window shopping, hello, the ladies, you, end, you, you see her coming back home with the, with, with the full bags of stuff, and you ask her, when did you plan to buy this? Desire. The desire. And some of them, you're using the, 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 the credit card. <laughs> you're in debt. Desire. What brought sin into the world, my friend, was desire. Evil desire. She saw that it was desirable. So not everything that is desirable, you must eat. <laughs> Do you understand? It, it may be desirable, but that, it doesn't, doesn't mean you've got to own it. It doesn't mean you've got to die for it. So to be a Christian, a successful Christian, you've got to be a master over your desires. The desire is telling you, get into the shop, buy that thing, buy it. But you say, no, this month, no, I've got to pay electricity. I've got to pay something. So you are, you are a master of those, of the, of, of, of the desires. Is somebody listening to me this afternoon? So when it comes into the New Testament, that word desire means passion. Passion. What are you passionate about? A successful Christian is one who's passionate about God, passionate about God. It talks about a commitment to a person 
thing. Listen, if you're not committed to God, you're committed to something else. There's no space in between. You see, I'm here and I'm there. No, 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 no. <laughs> Somebody say amen. That's why Paul speaks to the church in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 31. He says, but honestly desire, honestly desire higher gifts. Honestly desire higher gifts. There are things that we must be desiring. Desire talks about a burning, a fierce burning for something. We have, we have been singing here, I want to burn for you, Lord. I want to burn for you. Consume me. That is a desire, a burning desire, burning fiercely to be in the presence of the Most High God. Now, like I said earlier, we are creatures of desire. All of us want things to be done, want things to be done to us, want things, you know, these desires are often expressed in the words in terms like, I want. I want. <laughs> I want. In most cases, most of the things you want are not the things that you need. Did you hear what I said? Most of the things that you want are not the things that you need. A person who knows how, who is, who is on top of their desires is a person who deciphers what they need from what they want. That's why if you go out, I'm going back to the ladies, if you go out on a, on a shopping, on a, on, just on a walk, you don't come back with bags of stuff that you did not plan to buy when you left home. Let me tell you, whenever you go out, do not buy something you did not pl plan to buy. <laughs> do not plan, do not buy something you did not plan to buy. And the market knows it. The market knows The marketeers know it. They know how to get you. To get you into buying something that you do not need. I know some of us have got about four, 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 four coffee makers in our houses. One of one, one, one <laughs> for what? One for Monday, one for Tuesday, one for Thursday. Some of you have got shoes that you have never put on. Somebody say, Pastor, don't go there. Hmm. Shoes that you have, they are in the boxes, you have never touched them. And tomorrow, guess what? <laughs> there's another, there's another produ uh, uh, producer who's gonna, who's gonna convince you to buy another. That's the spirit of consumerism. The spirit of consumerism will cause you to buy what you do not need. And this is how we have been brought it into the house of God. We come praying for things that we do not need. And at times, God is like a father. Like a father, these, these young men are here. There's things that they will ask me, and I think that you don't need that now. And I, will not, I, may, not, I may not answer. The answer may be yes. But yes means, does not mean it's now. Yes mean, may mean it's in the future. Because then God knows that the moment you get it, he, he will not see you anymore. Some people here, God cannot see them anymore because they got something that they wanted from him. Father, give me a husband. Father, give me a job. The moment the job came, you will never see them again. And for some of us, God loves us so much that he does not want to lose you. That's why he's withholding some of these things. <laughs> so that you can keep coming to church, keep coming into his presence. Let me tell you, your desires reveal your heart. Your desires reveal your heart. Your desires reveal your heart. If your desires are evil, there's something that's wrong with you. There's something that you've got to turn around. There's some things you've got to deal with. Hallelujah. You have been walking in, 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 the, in, the, 
Christianity for years. Huh? But no man passes by you without you, you know, you, you salivating. There is something that is not right. You need to deal with it. That's just an example. There are many things. If you have never graduated to a level of suppressing and mastering those uh, uh, such evil, you know, such evil, evil desires, you still need to work on you. Go into the presence of the Lord and say, Lord, help me. Somebody knows what I'm talking about. Your desires will ultimately dictate your actions if you act on them. If not, if you are not a master of the desires, hmm? every desire that comes into your mind, let me tell you, you will act upon it. And you will act upon it. And your actions, your actions become a window for other people to see what is in your heart. That's why I said, your desires will reveal your heart. Hallelujah. That, let that baby's crying, give her uh, two breasts or three breasts. So that she can, you know, she can say to amen and amen. Hallelujah. Not all desires are good. Some can be evil. Others can be selfish in nature. So how do you know that a desire is good or bad? How do you know? How do you know? I think the answer I've already given you. The answer lies in the object or the reason for the desire. The object or the reason for the desire. That will show you how, whether your desire is right or wrong. If your desire is self-centered, then it is bad. Because the essence of sin is the determination to have one's own way. Sin is about having one's own way. That's why in the Garden of Eden, God said, do not touch that. But man wanted their own way and they went and touched it. Desire. Such desire is an act of idolatry. Which puts God second. And puts your desires first. My desires, your desires as a Christian, God has got to be number one. Somebody said amen. You need to fight the desires that strive against the work of God. That strive against the spirit of God in your life. The ones that diminish your relationship with him. Fight them. And Jesus taught about, you know, he taught against us fostering such, such desires. I have already alluded to one of them. Jesus Christ said, but if you say, but I said to everyone in Matthew chapter 5 verse 28, I said to you that everyone, not some, everyone who does what? Who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery in his heart. With her in his heart. What have you been looking at? What have you been desiring? Jesus Christ continues to speak in the parable of the sower as he's talking about the word of God. He speaks about the soil which equates with thorns in Luke chapter 8 verse 14. And he says that as for the seed that fell among the thorns, those are those that hear the word. But as they go on their way, they are choked by cares. They are choked by desires. They are choked by riches. And the pleasures of life and their fruit does not mature. That is why we have got a problem of non-maturing Christians. Because their desires are in charge. Who is in charge? Who is in the driving seat this afternoon? Is it you or is it your desires? Have you ever seen a, a pregnant woman? Pregnant woman will, 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 will crave something that, that's not even in, in the house. 
Huh? Something that it meant, as a matter of fact, it may not even be in the country. So some husbands have got to import some stuff just because of that craving. And if she, my friend, if she doesn't get it, you are in trouble. Patrick, amen. Listen, your desires will either accelerate your growth or they will stunt it. They will either work for you or they will work against you. So you need to be in charge. In charge. Somebody said be in charge. You need to have mastery over all the desires that sabotage your maturity in the Lord. Amen. Especially the ones that, the old ones that keep coming. Am I talking to somebody here? There are old ones that keep coming. You have fought this habit for a long time. That's the person I'm just talking right to right now. You have fought. It is recurring. You thought you had defeated it, but it keeps coming. I'm talking about masturbation. I'm talking about fornication. I'm talking about stealing. It keeps coming. You know, the, you know what I'm talking about. The desire to smoke intoxicating stuff or drinking intoxicating. There are some big Christians who are, who are still drunk. They are drunkards. They are alcoholics. Do not be, be deceived by the mascara. Do not be deceived by the, the cute dress. Do not be deceived by the wig. <laughs> People are struggling with stuff. Old things that keep cropping into their life. It's like an, a long arm that keeps tripping you. A long arm from the past. You're about to, 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 to succeed. You're about to, um, to, to get to the pinnacle of, of, your, of your career. The, in your marriage, it comes and <laughs> trips. Titus talks about this and says such people are enslaved. They are enslaved with all kinds of passions and desires. Titus 3.3 3. For we ourselves were once foolish. I was once foolish. So once a drunkard, so once a womanizer, I told you many, many years ago when my father told me I had three diseases. Meaning you have got three, 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 three diseases. Says number one, meaning I love the, the straw, I love to drink. I was an alcoholic. Number two, he said, you love women. He's watching right now. He must be laughing his head off. Number three, he said, I loved smoking. I was like a chimney. And he said, if you don't stop, they're going to become, meaning they're going to become chronic. <laughs> Hallelujah. But I thank God. That's when I came to the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 I have never looked back. Paul say, uh, uh, Titus says, for we, in Titus 3, 3, for we, are, we ourselves were once foolish. We were disobedient. We were led astray. We were slaves to various passions, various desires and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy. You know, the, we cannot be enslaved by those passions again. Hallelujah. Today we break that cycle in the name of Jesus Christ, the son of the living God. We break it off your life in the name of Jesus. 
Such desires, my friend, they draw us away from God. They draw you from, away from God. Every desire that draws you away from God, you've got to deal with it. You have got to deal with it. You, 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 you. Not your pastor. I, I, I thank God for the, for the anointing of your bishop. <laughs> he will not do it for you. You have got to do it. You. Somebody say me. I say it with, with, with conviction. Me. Yeah, that's better. Evil desire for money. Evil desire, you know, excessive desire for riches. Ex excessive desire for money. For acquisition. Everything you want to acquire. You want to acquire. You want to acquire. Is, is acquiring these things bad? No, but excessive desire for them can be. Paul writes and says we need to be content and fend off such desires. Be content. Be content. He writes about contentment in um, 1 Timothy chapter 6. It says, godliness is accompanied by contentment. Godliness is accompanied by contentment. And godliness is accompanied by wanton desires. Desires that, that, that run away desires. Desires that you cannot shake. Hallelujah. And it says to be content is great gain. It's abundant gain. It's immense profit. So in verse 7 to 8 it says, for we brought nothing into the world. Rem always remember that. You brought nothing where? Into the world. That you should re always remember. So when you are acquiring, always remember that there's somebody who is going to take when you are not here. That one you should know. Yeah, some of you are working <laughs> like crazy. Crazy. Is it is working crazy like crazy? But no. But I'm just here to tell you, to remind you. That there's somebody somewhere who's not who's not even breaking a sweat. <laughs> the moment they say ash to ash, whatever to, uh, to whatever. <laughs> this is in your Bible. The greatest man, who, uh, uh, the greatest, the richest man who ever lived. He said it. All his vanity. So somebody gathers, not knowing who will take. So as you gather, remember that. Do not let what you're gathering take take over. Where you are going. For you brought nothing into the world and we cannot take anything out of it. In verse 8, but, but if we have food and clothing, with these we will be content. Somebody say amen. In verse 9, he says, but those who crave to, for, to be rich, what happens? They fall into temptation. They crave, crave, you crave to be rich. You don't sleep at night. You are scheming. You're doing, hey. <laughs> Most of them fall into a snare and into many foolish, useless, godless, and hurtful desires. Did you hear that? Hurtful what? Desires. Godless desires. Useless desires. Foolish desires. Which plunge men into ruin and destruction and miserable perishing. So check your desires. Are they drawing you to, to uh, are they uh, attracting you to God or are they, you know, taking you away? Verse 10, for the love of money, he didn't say money, he didn't say money, he said the love of money, <laughs> the love of too much, some of us love too much money. Every shift that comes, every Sunday, you've got to take it. I've got to take it. I've got to, you've got to take it. Yes. Where is the time for the one who gives you, gives you the power to make that wealth? You cannot even stand in this job and defend yourself and say, you know what? I'm taking this job, but I need at least two Sundays. I worship my God. 
love of money is the root of all evils. It is the root of all evils. So check your relationship. What is your relationship with money? What is your relationship with money? Give me about five minutes. I will be out of your, of your hair. Somebody is saying, when is this guy finishing? He's, going, he's, he's hitting me too hard. Hmm? It's the root. It's the root of all evils. It is through this craving that some, not many, some, some, some of us love, have got a good, we love to work with, yes, it's okay to love to work, to acquire, but we, our relationship with money is that it's not our master, it's our servant. It's our servant. I need money, but I need to, it's, um, it, 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 it not dictate where I should go. You understand? That's the kind of person I'm talking about. Your desires are under check. So he says, some have been led astray and have wandered from their faith. He's talking about Christians. They have wondered from what? From the faith. They once had the faith, but because of the desire, the craving of too much money, they have wandered away. They have drifted away. And let me tell you, as a person who's drifting, you talk about you know, people who are sailors. If you, do not know, if you don't have a compass, you wouldn't know that you are drifting. It's, you, just need, just, you just need about to drift about two degrees off your course. Just two degrees. And the more you continue, if you, if you drifted two degrees today and you continue on that course <laughs> for a week, for a month, you see where you're going. Your target is here and you are going. And you get, some people are lost completely. I'm talking about Christians. If you are lost and you're listening to me right now, you are in this sanctuary, get back on course in the name of Jesus Christ. Get back on course. Get back on course. Find your spiritual moral compass. Find it in the name above every other name and get back on course. In the name of Jesus. It says they have wandered away from the faith. And they have pierced themselves through. With many acute mental pangs. Today is world mental. Is it what? World mental what? Mental health day. Something like that. There are many Christians who are mentally disturbed. Because of money. Mentally disturbed. There is an imbalance. Because of the because of desires, the craving to become rich. There are, there, are, there, are, there, are, there are desires that are at war within us. There's a war within you. James one, James chapter four, verse one to three says, "What causes quarrels and what causes fights among you?" He says, "Is it not this that your passions are at war within you? Your passions are at war within you. Somebody is there. There's a battlefield in your mind. You desire and you do not have, so you murder." He says. You cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You don't ask. You don't have, and then you don't ask right. Even when you come to pray, like I said earlier, you pray wrong. James chapter 1, verse 13 to, 13 to 15, he says, Let no one say, when he's tempted, I'm tempted by God. Hmm. Let no one say when I am tempted, I'm being tempted by, by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil. No. No. And he himself tempts no one. Is that your scripture? Is that scripture? Do we say amen to that? Uh-huh. Verse 14. But each person, each person 
That means that person sat in your chair. Each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Tempted. Uh, this is a, there's, a, there's a place, you know, when you talk about that, being enticed and drawn away, this, it's, like a, it's like a garden of, of, uh, the garden of Eden, which speaks about the presence of God. You are in this circle called the presence of God, and your desire has got the capacity to draw you out of that circle. And it starts slowly, like I said, drifts bit, bit by bit. And you, see, you dance with it. it. It plays a song, and you begin to dance, you know. You begin to dance its tune. You begin to, that's why the Bible says, do not, do, do, do not follow the patterns of the world. The world has got a tune. Then we start dancing, we start dancing, we start dancing. As it's, as you are dancing with it, you know. Have you ever been, have you ever been dancing with somebody and they keep and they keep uh, drawing back? You keep following them. You keep following them. So for you to sing this circle, you are dancing, you are dancing, and when you step out of the circle, it destroys you. There's a snake, a snake called the anaconda. The anaconda will not strike if you are with the people. It will entice you. It will wait for you to get out of this circle where people are. And then it will pounce. So your desire. Check your desire. Do not think that God tempts you. Check your desire. And then he says, <laughs> then when desire has conceived, desire has a womb. Desire has a womb. When it has conceived, it gives birth to sin. Desire gives birth. If it's an evil desire, it will give birth to sin. If it's a godly desire, it will give birth to godliness. And then sin, when it is fully grown, because sin is not only born, but it also grows. It grows. When it is fully grown, what happens? Bam! Death. So what is your desire? Paul warns us in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 as I conclude. He uses the example of the children of Israel. He says, not, I don't want you to be ignorant, friends, because of our fathers, of our fathers, they, they all went under the, clou the, the, the cloud. They went through the Red Sea. They saw the miracles. They drank from the rock, which is Jesus Christ, he says. Hallelujah. But in verse 5, he says, nevertheless, God was not pleased with them. With the majority of them. With the majority of them. Let me tell you, the majority, always walk away from the majority. <laughs> it's not, the, just because people, there are the majority here, it does not mean that it's always right. No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. Majority of them, for they were overthrown and stood down along the ground in the wilderness. Verse 6, now these things are examples, they are warnings, they are admonitions for us not to desire, not to desire or crave or covet or lust after evil and kind of things as they did. What happened? Just in one day, the Bible says, just in one day, he killed 23,000 of them. Just one day. So, ladies and gentlemen, master your desires. You cannot keep evil desires from entering your mind because you, that's our nature. But you can deny them oxygen. You can deny them food. You can deny them feet. You can deny them hands because they need the hands. They need the feet to act. Say, no, I am an instrument of God. Evil desire 
get out, get into your place. Martin Luther once said, you cannot keep birds from flying over our heads. But one thing we can stop them from doing, we can stop them from doing what? Building nests in our hair. Is anybody listening to me? So in conclusion, just going to cut this short. I'll write about this soon. So those of us who, are, who have not listened to this, you can get more information about it. The truth is that we all have an innate desire for something. Something to satisfy us. And nothing on earth, no time, nothing can satisfy a human being ever. But there must be something that one can have that can satisfy them. And that is God. That is God. That is God. That is a good desire that we must have. Hallelujah. So as I finish, we need to be passionate for God. Desire to know God. Number one, desire to know God. Desire to know God. That's why Jesus Christ prayed as he was finishing his mission. He says, this is what I pray for. Abba Father, I pray that they, that this is life eternal, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you sent. John 17, 3, 2, I think. Desire to know God. The psalmist says in Psalm 42, one, verse 1 to 2, says, as the deer panteth for, for, the, for, the, for the flowing streams, for the flowing streams, notice he's not looking for a stream that is stagnant. He's looking for flowing streams, uh, streams that are full of life. So, so my soul panteth over you, O Lord. My soul thirsts for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God, he says. Desire to know God. People who desire to know God are people who cannot wait to be in his presence. Tomorrow we are, we are about to say the final benediction. But they cannot wait to be in the presence of God in morning glory. They cannot be, be, wait to be in the presence of God on Friday. They cannot wait to be in the presence of God on Sunday. They are desiring to be in the presence of God. Some of us are desiring to go and, and, and watch our favorite shows right now. That's why Jesus said, desire first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things that you are chasing they will become, to, they will be added unto you. That's, that's the equation. That is the arithmetic he gave us. But we have twisted it around. We have we are put the, the, the cart ahead of the horse. We are chasing things that must be chasing us. You need to be a God chaser so that these things that you are looking for may be added unto you. Somebody say Amen. Desire to worship God, number two. Desire to be a worshiper. Worship, all these things I'm talking about are personal. I cannot do it for, the, for you. I, I said earlier, I salute your, your bishop. I salute your apostle. But they cannot worship for you. They cannot desire God for you. Never. It is a personal thing. This is not a spectator thing where you enter into you, in, in a stadium and sit on the ground on the grandstands and just watch. You've got to be in the heat of the moment. You've got to worship God for yourself. This is what he says, the psalmist in, in Psalm 84, verse 1. He says, my soul yearns. My soul yearns. Yes, it pines. It's homesick. It is homesick for the courts of the Lord. It is homesick to enter. I, aren't you homesick to be in the presence of the Lord? Even after Corona has been... Has, <laughs> they, have, they have lightened, you know, all these lockdowns. You, and yet, you, you're not homesick to be in the presence, in the house of the Lord. I, I, don't, I don't understand you. 
I don't understand you. But yet you, you are flowing into restaurants. You are flowing into cinemas. But when it comes to the house of the Lord, you don't even have homesick to be in the... <laughs> he says, I am homesick. I am homesick for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh. His heart and his flesh. His heart and his flesh. They are in unison. They are crying out. They are singing for the joy for the living God. Somebody say amen. Desire to honor and glorify God lastly. Desire to honor God. Desire to glorify him. The, the, the psalmist says, I will praise you, O Lord, with all my heart. Psalm 86 verse 12. I will glorify your name forever. That, my friend, is what is called successful living as a Christian. The desire to love God is the desire is to desire him. The desire to love God is to desire him. And henceforth, the love is the root of all desire. What you love will dictate your desire. What you desire will dictate you what you love. Hallelujah. Somebody once said, let temporal things serve their use. But the eternal, the eternal be the object of your desire. Let the eternal be the object of your desire. These things that we are seeing today, Paul says, they are temporal and they are passing away. Hallelujah. Therefore, child of God, put to death, mortify you. The principle of mortification, I will preach about that later another time because we don't have time. You, the onus is upon you to put to death every desire that drives you away from God. Hallelujah. Every eye closed. As you close your eyes, I want I need you to ponder what you've just listened to today. Every one of us here has got desires. What are those desires that are lingering in your heart? What are those desires that have been in charge, that have been driving you, that have been the driving seat? Are they godly? If they are not, go if they are godly, fan them. Fan them. If they are ungodly, today we put them to death in the name of Jesus. If they are evil, put them to death right now. Jettison them right now. Decant them right now in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of the living. Sever them off your life in the name above every other name. Your desire has got to be to know God. Your desire has got to be to worship God. Your desire has got to be to serve the Lord your God Almighty. Not backsliding, not getting not sliding out of his presence because of the desires. No, 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 no. We are, put, we, are, we are becoming masters of our desires that we may be successful in our Christian living. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray over your children. Pray a blessing over them in the name of Jesus. That King of Kings, Father Lord, that those are struggling, my Father Lord, with desires that evil, desires that keep coming from the past, my Father Lord, that today they will be broken in Jesus' mighty name. Today I sever them of their lives in the name of Jesus. I separate them from those desires. They will desire to know you. They will desire to serve you. They will desire to glorify you. They will desire, desire to praise you in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. Father, I thank you for it is done. 
in the name of Jesus Christ we pray and somebody shouts amen and amen and amen Thank you so much for listening to this sermon and I know you've been blessed. For more information about Shiloh Tabernacle and other sermons, please visit our website www.shiloh.org.uk and don't forget to follow us on all our social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter and Facebook at Shiloh LDN. Once again, that's at Shiloh LDN. You've been listening to Shiloh Tabernacle London, changing lives, building dreams. Until next time, God bless.